right. If you have your Bibles, grab those. John chapter 1 is where we'll be. John chapter 1. Um, you can also follow along this morning in the app if you want to. Like if you like to kind of read ahead, kind of know where we're headed, uh, have the points and all those type of things, they will be right there in the app. You can follow along. It's under worship uh, in the very bottom sermon notes there. Um, but but can, I, can I say this to start off? With last week, okay, one, two, have you enjoyed it? <laughs> but was that not good? I mean, holy cow, I, I told y'all, I told y'all with him, and God's presence is on him, um, just in a mighty, mighty way, and I, again, I just uh, am so thankful for Billy, again, you see why we, you see why we support that man? Uh, we want to get the gospel out, and uh, I th- it was, I think one of the things that really, really gets me, so Billy Wayne spoke last week, um, my mentor, Kingsport, Tennessee, he uh, has a theater, he travels around as an evangelist a little bit, he doesn't do that quite as much as he used to, um, but uh, I, I'm gonna, he has over a thousand people come to know Christ every year just as a result of his ministry. Uh, the dramas that they do, the plays and performances as well as him traveling around and mission trips and speaking at different churches. And so, I mean, I just, I, just, I want to be a part of that, you know? Like, I just want to be a part of something bigger than us and the gospel is that and the way that he spreads and shares and uh, goes after the heart of people. And so I was, I mean, just thought it was a great, great week from our uh, youth uh, lock-in night to, to Sunday morning worship. And so uh, if you missed that, you can catch that on our, our website. It's there. Uh, or in the app, um, and so, uh, but this morning we're going to be in our new series, it's called The Light Has Come, and this is going to last us four weeks, it'll take us right up uh, to Christmas Sunday, uh, De- December 20th, it's the Sunday before Christmas, I think Christmas is Friday that, that week, and so, um, but what we're going to be doing is just going to be preparing our hearts for the celebration of what Christmas is, it's going to help us focus and, and get back to the whole point of, of what Christmas is about. And so what we're going to do, even on that December 20th, it's in your bulletin there, but uh, man, just make plans to be here early because we're just going to have a, a morning, the, the band's going to lead us that morning, going to do some of our old time favorite uh, Christmas carols and Christmas songs and some of the new modern songs as well. And we're just going to just worship that morning and just enjoy ourselves Sunday, December 20th here. It's going to start, I think, 9.15 uh, around, around that time, 9.15, 9.30. Um, but man, we're just going to celebrate and have a good time that morning and just uh, just hear God's word proclaimed after that. And so, uh, man, I'm excited to see what God's going to do through this series this Christmas season, right? We, we need some hope. We need to be refocused on what matters the most, right? 2020, get out of here, right? We're ready for 2021. Praise the Lord. Yeah, yes. But, but, but I just believe that this will help us really focus in on what this season is. So today my hope is just to show us that before the very creation of the world, God had a plan already in store for rescuing his people. And it was by sending Jesus. And we're going to see that this morning. So like I said, so we're in this season right now that the church has traditionally celebrated as Advent. And Advent is just formed from the Latin word meaning coming or arrival. So, so that's what we're celebrating. The coming of who? The Christ. The coming of Jesus. And so it's traditionally celebrated of, of the first Advent of Jesus as we anxiously await his second coming. That's what we're doing. So this season is a time of remembering. It's a time of rejoicing, watching, and waiting for what? For, for Christ. It's a time to reflect upon the promises of God and to anticipate what? The fulfillment of those promises. How? With patience, with prayer, with a preparedness. And so we have the luxury, do we not, church, of looking back. So, so we can open up the scriptures and we can see all that has been promised. We can look back at the story and we can know with some greater understanding and depth of what was taking place. But those who lived in that day didn't have that luxury, did they? Those in that moment did not have that luxury. Like, did you know that there were 400 years of silence between the Old Testament and New Testament? 
That there was 400 years where God was silent. He didn't send a prophet. He didn't speak. He didn't, he didn't do any of that. There was nothing but silence from Malachi to Matthew. Just silence. Nothing. Not an utterance to God's people. Just God being silent. But church, what we know is this, is that that silence was done away with with the most glorious of cries that we've ever heard in the form of a baby in a manger. In the form of the God-man in flesh. Just like you and I born on that glorious, glorious day. So I'm gonna ask you if you join me as we pray and then we'll jump into John chapter one here in a moment. Father, I just pray again this morning that you make your presence known. Father, I ask God that you move and that you speak in a mighty, mighty way. Father God, we need you. And, and, and God, I, th- I am so thankful that every year this season that we can reflect back on the reality of what this, this time means for us as followers of Jesus, as your church, as your bride. Father, that we can reflect back and we can be reminded of the great truth in you coming to earth, what that means for us, what we celebrate so wholeheartedly this time of the year. So Father, I pray over the next few weeks, God, that you just prepare our heart for what you would have for us. God, even this morning as we hear your word proclaimed, God, that you would soften our hearts to be receptive to whatever it is that you need to speak to us about. Uh, Father God, the thing that encourages me this morning is that there's a number of men and women in this sanctuary. And Father, the amazing thing is, by way of your Holy Spirit, you can speak to each heart in a different way. God, you know the needs of the men and women in this room. And Father, that you can speak and you can be for and you can meet those needs individually, all at the same time. And so, Father God, we thank you, we praise you, Jesus. We ask that you move and make your presence known in a mighty way. God, make your presence known. Do a work in this place in our heart, we beg of you. And we pray, amen. Amen. So I'm gonna kind of do it a little different. I'm gonna, we're gonna start in John 1, 5, and then we'll, we'll follow through John 1 through 4, and then we'll end in John 1, 5 the same way that we started. And so this is what God's word says. John 1, uh, verse 5, it says this. It says that the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I mean, so that's a great, great promise for us to hold on to this morning. That's a great truth for us to lock away in our heart. I don't know if you underline in your Bible, if you circle, if you star, whatever you do. That is a great, great verse to know that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has what? Not overcome it. That the darkness does not overcome it. John 12, 35 says this, walk while you have the light, lest the darkness overtakes you. And so the same Greek words are used here for darkness being overcome. Same Greek words. And so what verse 5 does is it shows us that this light that is talked about here in John 1 is what? It's indestructible. It is indestructible. Church, that should encourage us in a huge, huge way. It should encourage us in in an enormous way that this light, the light that shines in the darkness, the darkness cannot overcome it. So the ways of this world, the the thoughts of this world, the principles of this world, which is darkness, which is antichrist type stuff, does not overcome the light. It does not overcome the light. It's not overcome. We need to cling to that. We need to be reminded of that. And every time that you see light, think of that. Every time you see the sunrise, be reminded that God's mercies that we've just sang about. Every time that you, you hear his word proclaimed, every time that you, you think of and you open up the scriptures and God encourages your heart, be reminded that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness does not overcome it. And so why does darkness not overcome the light? How can we know that light will completely overcome the darkness? 
And so that's what I hope to answer this morning. That's what I want to look at this morning in these next few passages. And I want to look at three reasons why the light will trump over the darkness. Three reasons why the light will trump over the darkness. The first one being this, John 1.1. 1, 1. The light and life is God. The light and the life is God. This is what John 1, 1 says. It says, it says, in the beginning. And so what we're seeing here is this is just echoed from the, from the very beginning of Genesis, right? Genesis 1, 1 says what? In the beginning, God created. And so we see John here, uh, the author of this, this gospel pen that in the beginning just echoes right from Genesis 1, 1, the same thing that, that happens there. And so what we know about the beginning is this, is that's when the clock starts, that's when God breathes things into existence, Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created. That's, that's when that clock starts. And so beginning is a reference point of the start for us, for this creation. But church, hear me, not for God. That, that's not the reference point of the start for the triune God, for God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. No, no, He's eternal. There has not been a start date for God. God has always been he is not created. He is uncreated. What God creates, because whatever creates, that's God. And so if our God has been created, then he is no longer God. That thing that has created God is now God. But that's not the case, is it? Because we see in the scriptures here, Genesis 1, we see this echoed here in the beginning. At the, at the very start of things that we know and that we see. And so this is a reference point for us. A start time, but not for God the triune God is eternal. I mean, think about that for a moment. I mean, how crazy is it for us to get our minds around that reality for just a second? See, we just know things in the way that they were created. Like for me, July 23rd, we, uh, God brought this beautiful little baby, which the baby was created before that. I think you guys got on to me one time for saying that. No, no, no. Uh, we believe in conception. That's whenever God creates and brings life. So in conception, uh, that's when my little bishop was created and made at conception. And then he brings about his date of existence in this world, July 23rd. But he started at, at conception. That's when we know. That's when we go to all the doctor's appointments. We do the cute little like, like thing where they rub on our belly and they get to see the thing in there. Oh, and his little heartbeat. Boom, 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 boom. You see all that type of stuff on the screen. That's when he's created. That's when he starts. We get that. We understand that. What's difficult for us is to understand a God that's always been. For us to get our minds around that. To get outside of time which we are bound by. But not God. See, this is just a reference to the starting point. There's never been a moment when the Trinity hasn't existed, nor will there ever be a time when he isn't. It, it doesn't work that way. God is outside of time. God is eternal. So John starts off his gospel by, by uh, taking us all the way back to the beginning. At the start of all that we know. That's what we get to see here. So you know that there are some out there that don't believe that God is, is in three persons existed, right? And that he's one like we do. But let's look at what John has to say about that. So in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So, so what is this word that's mentioned here? Because it was there at the beginning with God. It was, it was, it was there with him in that moment. And it doesn't say that the word was created in the beginning, but it says that the word was, was there in the beginning. So this word hasn't been created either. And so in the original language, you see the thought behind this word here, uh, uh, this word word is the pre-existent nature of Christ. So what John is telling us this, is that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. 
So the word was there at the beginning, at the creation of all things. John 1.14 says it like this. It says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That word became flesh. That word is what? Is who? Jesus. Because who becomes flesh and dwells among us? Who, who is co-eternal? None other than Jesus. So what we see there, the word became flesh and dwells among us. And that's the beauty about the light. God in the flesh is eternal. The light and the life is God in the flesh. He comes for us. He comes for us. We can't go to him, so what does he do? He comes for us. In our sinfulness, and our fallenness, God comes for us in the form of a baby, in the form of a man who will grow and be strong and take our sin and our shame upon himself and die on that cross for us. That's the glorious news of this time of season, is that God comes for us. Heaven invades earth. We can't get to him, and so what does he do? He comes for us. I can remember as a kid, and it's funny, my mom's sitting here this morning, but I can remember as a kid, um, we would go into the store, and as we'd go into the store, she'd be like, all right, Scott, we're not going to be here long, and we're getting out of here. And as a kid, um, as, as a good, well-behaved kid, so I thought, um, until you have your own kids, you realize maybe you weren't as well-behaved as you thought, um, but, but anyway, so as what I thought a good, well-behaved kid, we go in the store, and she's like, all right, buddy, a few minutes, we're gone, I'm leaving, with or without you. I'm like, mom would never do that, Right? And so we're in there, and I'm like, well, I tear off. And, and mommy, mommy, mom, mom would call me Scotty. She's like, Scotty, I'm done right now. I'm leaving with or without you. So I tear off, and, and it hits me while I'm looking at the door. It's crud. How long have I been over here? Because as a kid, you have no recollection of time, right? It's just like a warp. You're just there, and there's toys everywhere, and you're just, uh, you're just, you're just feasting over those, and like get the drool back up. Man, I need that one, and I need that one, and I need that one. And so you're doing all of that, and all of a sudden, like time hits you, Mama. So what do I do? I run back over to where Mama was at, only to find what Mama's not there now. And so then what happens? There's immense panic in this boy's heart. Like, like, I, like I am scared to death, and I'm like, Mom, Mom. And you don't want to be like that, like, like that crazy kid in the store. Mom, mom, and like I said, panic. And, and the more I go up and down house, and I don't know how this works, but moms in a store are the greatest hide, hide, go hide and seek type people, are they not? I mean, you can never find them. I mean, you got GPS trackers on them and you still can't get them. I mean, how does that work? And so, and so this, um, so she's out looking somewhere, doing whatever. I don't, I don't know what's happening. I'm like, she did it. She told me, she warned me, and now she's done it. She's left her baby boy in the store. Oh, dear God, what are we going to do? I'm going to be an orphan. I'm going to be, I'm never going to get those toys now. And, and like all these thoughts, and, and I don't know about you, like, like I was a panicked kid in that moment. And, and like there begins to be like a little, like, like, I'm, like I'm, I'm choking it back, you know? Like I am fighting through the tears and like that panic and I, I can't breathe really well now. And then what do I hear? Attention Walmart shoppers. <laughs> if there is a Scotty Miller, and I knew I was in trouble when it was Scotty. If there is a Scotty Miller in the store, would you please come to the welcome desk or guest services? And I'm like, oh, I've been saved. I knew she wouldn't leave me. And I can remember going there and she, now I got a tongue lashing. But she came for me. So as I read this and as I think about this, and I know that's a, a goofy little illustration there, but, but, but that's what happens. Jesus comes for us. The light comes for us. The word became flesh. And what did it do? It dwelt among us. Well, because we needed him. We can't do it on our own. He hasn't left us to figure it out by ourselves. 
He has come for us. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Church, we need to remember that the men and women of this day, they, they've seen and experienced firsthand all that Jesus did, all that Jesus was. Remember, this is not some made-up fairy tale. I mean, these, these are witnesses that walked in this day I mean, John is a man that walked next to Jesus. He saw the miracles. He saw the things happen. And he records them firsthand. That's what we have here. It's not just some fairy tale type stuff. And what does the world do? It tries to pit that against us. It tries to discredit it away. But there's eyewitnesses that recorded that were there on that day. Same thing after the resurrection of Jesus. I mean, the documents that we have that have been preserved. How about the grace and mercy of God? Like, you understand that, right? This is not just made-up stuff. We're not just wishing and hoping. I mean, this, this is true and real eyewitness stories of what actually happened in a real day with real men and women who experienced it. They were there, and Jesus comes for, and he does. Verse 2 says this, and says, he, he is the, is the, is who we just talked about is Jesus. He was in the beginning with God. So there he is. He wasn't created to be there in the beginning. He has always been, but he was in the beginning with God. He was there at the start of creation in perfect unity with the Father and the Spirit as they spoke into everything, into existence. And so we hold fast to this biblical mystery that God the Father and God the Son have such a unity. They are one God, not two, and such a distinction that they are two persons and not one. I mean, that's a mystery that we can't get our minds around, that the Word is this light, and this light is God, and God Almighty cannot be overcome. That's what we see here, church. That's what we need to be reminded of. Brings me to the second point is this, the light gives life. This light that we're talking about, this Jesus that we're talking about, this light gives life. Look at verse 3, it says this, it says, all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Kind of a wordy, kind of weird type thing there, isn't it? But, but, but follow me for just one more second because look at the hymn that's here in verse 3. It's going to be the same hymn that we're going to see in verse 4. And this is what it says. It says, in him was life and the life was the light of men. Life gives life because that light is Jesus. That hymn is Jesus. That hymn dates back to in the beginning was the word. The word is Jesus as we see in verse 14 of chapter 1. Him is Jesus. He gives life. And life produces light that's in man so the point to the hymn here is this, is that this beautiful, purposeful, intentional, growing life that shines in the darkness is the life of the one that is found in him. You want to shine, you've got to be found in Jesus. If you are lightless and you're not shining, then chances are you're not in him. Because you can't shine unless you're plugged into the source, right? He is the source of light. He is the source of life and vitality. That's who he is. It's, it's kind of like this. Flashlight, nothing special about it. Just a little flashlight, right? What does a flashlight do? Shines, yeah. Produces light, right? Do you know how it does that? Yeah, batteries. I mean, and there's usually a little thing and you click it on and off, on and off. But the problem with the flashlight is this, is that it don't work unless what? It's connected to the source, right? You gotta have something in it for it to work. 
Same thing for us, church. For us to shine and bring light into the darkness, we have to be plugged into the source. We have to have the source in us, right? He, he takes up residence in us, and as he takes up residence in us, what happens? We start to produce. We start to put off. We start to glow. We start to look like the one that's in us, right? And then what does it do? It produces light. And what does light do to darkness every time? Chases it away, does it not? That's right. It chases it away, does it not? That's what light does every time. It chases it away. And that's what we are called to be. That's who we are called, what we're called to do in this world. Church, you hear me. The greatest need this Advent, this Christmas season, is to be plugged into the source of life. To have that in us. And that in us is Jesus. In the beginning was the Word. The Word. To have that Word in us. He is life. He is light. That's who He is. And it's Jesus. We need Jesus in us. We need life. Hear me. Life is only found in Christ. Uh, the only thing that will make this bad boy work, the only thing that will cause this thing to go is four AA batteries. You can put a C in it, and guess what? It does nothing. You can put some AAA, you can try to cram six AAAs in this sucker. Because, I mean, there's got to be a calculation, right? Maybe eight AAAs to four double. But no, it doesn't work like that. So, so you can cram all the stuff in your life, you can cram all the junk in your life, you can, even good junk you can cram in your life to try to make it work, to try to shine, to try to, to have it happen. But the only thing that will cause the light to shine in us is what? Is Jesus, is the Word. Is Him in us. That is the only thing that will cause us to shine and reflect and be like. So what do we know? That's what we need. That's what's so amazing at this time of year is that we're reminded that the light has come. The light has come to shine and the light has come to live in us if we'll allow him. Well, so that we can shine, so that we can show. That's what's amazing about this season. So we can have a life and we can shine in the darkness. And so I guess this morning what I would challenge you with is this, is if you're not shining, why not? Why not shine? Because, because what I know is this, is that when this thing has its source on and you flip the button up, it's going to shine. Because that's what it does. So for us as followers of Jesus, we had better be shining in a dark world. And trust me, it's dark out there, is it not? I mean, I mean just I mean, flip on the news for two minutes. I mean, I mean, it's a horrific world out there. I mean, all the stuff that's going on in the political realm, I'm not even going to touch on that. I mean, just even the stuff in our community, the things that are happening, people that are dying... Stuff that's going on in the schools. I mean, I mean, did you, did you know that just a, a week ago there was a shooting in a school uh, just north of here up in Hendersonville? I mean, a 12-year-old brings a gun to school and she's another 12-year-old. I mean, how crazy is that? And why is that? It's because we live in a dark world, is it not? Because we deal with fallen men that don't have the light. And so the light don't shine because dark don't shine. What has to happen? The light has to invade the dark. So why do you not shine? Maybe you don't have life. Maybe you don't have the light in you. Or maybe what it is is that, the, is that the connector isn't quite connected like it needs to be and you need to be tightened down a little bit. And the way that you tighten down is you ask God to show you, to speak to you, to bring about in your life those areas that you need Him. To remove those things in your life that causes it to become a little unscrewed or causes a, the connection not to really be good like it should be and get little things down in there. And what happens when you get little things down in there, there's not a connection like it needs to be. And so therefore, therefore it, doesn't, it doesn't create and make what it's supposed to create and make. So maybe that's the case. But, but we're called to be light in a dark world. 
See, see, the life that shines, the light, is the life that's found in the light, and that's Jesus. Church, we've got to stay plugged in. Got to stay plugged in. And so the powers of darkness are not as strong as the life because this life created the powers of darkness. Look at verse 3 at the very end of it with me again. It says, without him was, without him was not anything made that was made. This hymn is who? The hymn back in the previous verse. The, the hymn in verse 1. It, it's Jesus. Without him was not anything made that was made. Nothing. Nothing was made without him. Why? Because he was at the beginning speaking it into existence. And so what that lets us know is this, is that there is nothing created that is more powerful than what its creator you get that? There is nothing created. There is nothing out there that we will face, that we will go through, that will be thrown at us, that is, is greater than the one that's created it. And now, we bust onto the scene, and we disobey God, and we mess everything up, but there is nothing out there that is greater than its creator. The powers of darkness, they know this. They are aware of this. The spiritual warfare that goes on that we're not even aware of, Listen to Matthew 28, 28 real quick. This is, this is what it says. It says, when he came to the other side, this is talking about Jesus, that he came to the other side to the country of, of Gardenus. It says, two demon-possessed men met him coming out of the tombs. And they are so fierce that no one could pass that way. So Jesus is walking up into the town as he says, he's going past these, these tombs. And what does it say about these, these men that are demon-possessed? It says that they are so powerful and they are so great that no man dares go by. People are scared to death. It's craziness. They would have nothing to do. And then look in verse 29. Listen to verse 29 real quick. Matthew 8, it says this. It says, and behold, they cried out. What does Jesus say to them? Nothing. What does Jesus do to them? Nothing. What does Jesus, Jesus just shows up. Jesus just comes walking by and look at the response of these demons. They cried out, what have you to do with us, O Son of God? Jesus didn't roll up in there and say, what are you you guys doing? Get out of them. Nothing. Jesus just begins to walk by and the demons take notice of the presence of who's amongst them. Jesus. And what do they do? They say, "What, what are you doing here? What have you to do with us? Why? And then look, they go on and they say this at the end of it. What have you to do with us, old son of God? So they recognize and they understand who he is. See, the darkness always knows the light. Well, because it's bound by the light. Never forget that. No matter how dark the day gets, the, the, the darkness is bound by the light. And the darkness is only as able to be as dark as the light allows it to be. That's the good news for us, church. No matter how dark the day gets, the light is always going to shine. And the light only allows the darkness to be so dark. Always. They cried out, what have you to do with us, O Son of God? Have you come here, have you come here to torment us before the time? Yeah. I mean, think about, think about that for a moment. Like, like, I don't, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, think about that for a moment. Was, no, I'm not going to go there. Um, reel it back in. I was, but th- Jesus just walks up on the scene, and these two men, demon-possessed, are like, oh, crud, he's here. Uh, it's not quite time, Jesus. W- 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 what are you doing here right now? 
and I don't know how you like put stuttering in the scripture like that, but I just, in my head, in my creative, creative genes there, I'm just thinking, man, they're probably stumbling and bumbling around a little bit. And they ask that question, have you, have you come here to torment us before the time? And the thing I love about it is, is that little statement there at the end, before the time, what the heck does that mean? You've come here before the time? So, so there's a time? There's a time that's been set for their destruction is what we know. An everlasting consignment to hell is what Luke twenty two fifty three tells us. That they're to be done away with. They're, that they will spend eternity being tormented. These fallen angels who have who've taken up residence, these demons who have taken up residence in these men, and they are scared to death, and they say, if you come here to torment us before the time. So they know that the clock is ticking. Church, I think we forget that the clock is ticking. That the light's going to shine, church. No matter how dark it gets, no matter how crazy it gets, no matter what takes place or takes shape or, or what happens in our world, that the light's going to shine. And do you know what I know about the light? The light shines the brightest where? In the darkest of night. It does in the darkest of night. What happens if you wake up in the middle of the night to have to go to the bathroom? You don't dare flip on a light. Because my gosh, I mean, you can't see nothing, can you? Or if you're laying there in the middle of the night and it's dark, and you've been out for a minute and your wife comes in and she has this bright idea of not knowing how to get to the bedroom or to the bed because the bed's always in the same place it always is, and she flips on the light. Why would she ever do that? What does it do? It blinds you. It takes you off guard. And what we see here in the scriptures, what we know in God's word is this, is that there is a light that's going to be brighter than the darkest of darks. And that there is a clock that is ticking where the light will triumph. The light always triumphs. So what does that mean for us that are found in Christ? We're going to triumph. We are going to triumph. No matter how dark it gets, we will triumph. And so we need to make sure that we have a good and right understanding of triumphing. And it's not an earthly triumph that we're talking about, but this is eternal. This is eternal. That kind of triumph, eternity with Christ in a real heaven for all of time. That's what we get, church. Brings me to my third point is this. Third point is this. Jesus is the light of life and he is the son of God. Look with me one more time at, at John 1, 4. It says this. It says, in him was life and the life was the light of men. So, so the life of the son is the light of the world. The life of the son is the light of the world. Jesus is the living light and he will triumph over darkness. He is the living light and he triumphs over darkness. What does that mean? It means this. It means that the, the light of life has energy and power. Why? Because Jesus has energy and power. He's co-eternal. He's omnipotent, all-powerful is who Jesus is. And that's what lives in us. That's what, we need to quit walking around with our heads hung. We need to quit walking around feeling sorry. We need to quit walking around feeling defeated. We need to understand who lives in us if we belong to Jesus. Who cares who wins what? Who cares who rules what? We've got a king that sits on the throne at the end of the day. None of that matters. And what did I just say? The light shines brightest when? In the darkness. Bring on the dark. Bring on the dark. Who cares? I've got the light that lives within me. I'm nothing to be afraid of. If the demons bow down to Jesus, ain't no president can't, can't do nothing to me. Ain't no dictator can't do nothing to me. Ain't no co-worker can't do nothing to me. Ain't no boss can't do nothing to me. And I know that's horrible English, but I want you to get that. Tomorrow at school, you tell them that. Can't nobody do nothing to me. 
Well, because I have the light in me. I have the source in me. So no matter how dark it gets, the light shines brightest in the dark. I mean, look in the scriptures. When does the church just bust at the seams? When does the church grow immensely and flourish in the darkest of days? Just like what Billy said last week, we've gotten way too comfortable in our circumstances and situations. We've gotten way too complacent. We have gotten too, too comfortable and just kind of, yeah, I belong to Jesus and keep on doing our thing. We walk by a demon, what does it do? Does it laugh or does it shudder? Jesus just rolls up and they get wigged out. Jesus just rolls up and they get wigged out. What about you? What about me? Because all I know is this, is that if we have Jesus living in our heart, we have that same power and energy that Jesus does is what the scripture teaches because that's what the Holy Spirit does. What else does this mean? The light of life has purpose and movement. He's not static. He has plans and he moves. He shines here and he shines there. In church, we need to be doing that. The light of life grows and expands. See, that's the way that Jesus is. He's moving and he's growing his people and his church. What that means is this is that we're called to reach the world. We're called to shine all over this place. Oh, we're called to shine. In the darkest of moments, that's the great news of the gospel. That's the hope that we have within us is that in those darkest moments, in those times that agitate us, in those times that frustrates us, we can shine how? By doing good? By living like Christ would live? By going after our world? That's what we do. He's moving and growing his people, his church. We're to do the same thing. We're to go after people. Same thing. And that's, that's what excited me last week. I mean, I mean, Billy did a great job and that was awesome and the gospel was proclaimed and people's lives were changed for eternity. And that is phenomenal. And then I think at the end of the service, we said, all right, who, who's in for this thing called an after-school program? And the church unanimously said, yeah, let's do this. Scott, let's get crazy and let's go after this community with a reckless abandon to reach this community for the cause of the gospel. And he said, yeah, let's do it. Let's step out and let's try. I mean, who in the heck's going to start an after-school program in a pandemic? Is that not dumb? This is yes, this is no, and it's okay to be honest with me. Yeah, absolutely it is. But you know what's even dumber? is not to do what Jesus tells you to do when he tells you to do it. Mm. Mm. Th- th- that's what's even worse. And we believe with everything in us, the leadership of this church, that God has told us to go do it. Go, go get your community. Go, go reach them. And I don't know if you remember a few weeks ago before that, and God just kind of wrecked me in that moment when I was saying, hey, we need to be aggressive about reaching our community and those that aren't like us, that don't talk like us, walk like us, act like us. And God just kind of gripped my heart in that moment. Like, dude, you got to do better. These people will never do what their leader isn't willing to do. And so don't, don't you get on your high horse, boy. It's easy to stand up here for 30 minutes and preach a sermon and then go along your merry way. So you know what happened this week? I invited two people to come to church. And you know what happened this week? They're not here. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to quit. No. I'm going to see them out again. I'm going to invite them again. I'm going to invite them over to the house for dinner. Even in the pandemic, yes, and we'll, we'll social distance and do crazy stuff and be careful. But yes, why? Because, I, because God is going to save man and woman. God's going to save people. God's going to reach people. And just because of the time that we're living in doesn't mean that we quit and check out. I mean, we can be safe and we can be careful, but we need to go after the world. We don't just stop. We don't just quit. I mean, there's ways to do this. We've got to go after the world and try to reach the world. And what I have learned is this, is that the life grows and expands. And if he is in me, he's going to do the same thing. 
He's going to do the same thing. The light also is this. Is the light of life converts many and many and many and many. John 12, 36 says this. It says, believe in the light that you may become sons of the light. So those lives that shine in the world today are the very life of the Son of God. We're to be the rays stretching out. That's what we're to do. That's what we're to be. In the dark, we, we invite into the light those lives that will believe. We go after. So as the band comes back up, I want to close this morning, like I said, the same way that I started. Verse, verse 5. John 1 verse 5. I want to close the same way. Listen to this one more time. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. So church, during this Advent Christmas season, may we not forget the light cannot be overcome by the darkness. May we not forget that. May we know, may we engrave it in our hearts, put it on our minds, pin it down wherever we have to, that the light shines in the darkness. And what do we know? The darkness can't overcome it. The light chases away the dark. The dark is fearful of the light. The light exposes. The light makes known. The light is alive. It's the light of life. And through this life, the living word, all things are made. And this word is what? This word is God in the flesh, Jesus. Jesus has overcome the darkness. Believe in the light that you may become sons and daughters is what the scripture teaches. So what I want to do is this. I want to encourage you to be aggressive. Be aggressive. Be on the offense this season. Man, invade the darkness. As a little kid, I don't know if you ever did this, but as a, as a little kid, like, whenever it was time to go to bed, I can remember that. And for whatever reason, the light switch was here, and the bed seemed, always seemed like, like three miles over there in the corner in the bedroom. You know where I'm going, don't you? Because you're crazy like I was. And so what was the goal? The goal was the moment you walked in the door, you knew what was coming. Because you're going to flick that light, and it was going to go dark. And you knew that goblins lived in the floor in the dark. But if you could get there under the covers, nothing could touch you. I don't know why. That's just where my head went. I'm still working through a lot of stuff as, as an adult. So what did you do? You got there and you flicked that light and you ran those little legs as hard and as fast as you can. Thump. Scotty, what was that? I'm okay, Mom. They didn't get me. Who didn't get you? Well, if I knew you were going to come here, I'd have waited and I could have gotten bed. Then you could hit the light. So one day I was smart enough to put a flashlight there next to it. What happens? I turn the light off, boom. There it goes. They can't get me. Why can't I got a light? Ha, 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 suckers. And I would, ca- I would stroll around that room like I was something. And then I would get over there, leaving the light on, get up under the covers, flip it and tuck. They weren't going to get me. Church, that's what we need to be. We need to invade the dark. We need to be aggressive. Because what I know from the scriptures is, is that God is longing to save lost man. He's going to do it. And guess who has the privilege and honor of being a component in that? You and I do. I mean, we've got the light living in us. So we need to invade the darkness. We need to go after the darkness. We need to invite, invest, have gospel conversations because as children of light, we can't be overcome. That's what verse 5 tells us. That darkness can't touch me. The darkness can't hurt me. Those made up goblins, they're not, they're not real, no goblins. They, 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 can't, they can't, and I think that's what happens in our heart, in our life as adults even. Man, if I share the gospel with them, what will they think? Who gives a rip what they think? 
When did what somebody thought about you had any kind of eternal weight on anything? Or what if I don't know an answer? Do you know how many questions I get asked on a weekly basis that I don't have a clue to the answer of? And I've got a college education around that stuff. And the more, really the reality is this, the more that I I read and learn and grow, the less I really come to know, I feel like. Because God is vast and big and beyond our wildest imagination, we cannot comprehend Him. And I don't know how a ton of things work. And I'll just make a mess of it. So we're afraid and we're fearful those little goblins are going to get us and gobble us up and people. And so we just choose not to shine. But the thing that we've got to remember is the promise that he's given us there, that the light shines and the darkness cannot overcome it. Church, the light has come. He has come in the form of a baby to shine in a world that is desperately, desperately in need of him and doesn't even know it. Why? Because they're in the darkness. When you're in the darkness, you don't know that you're in the darkness. But let me tell you something, baby. When that light shines and you get a hold of that and you see what's in the light and you are drawn to that, to that warmth, to that comfort, to that security, to that safety, when you are drawn to that in that moment, then you don't want the darkness. Why? Because the light is good. The light is safe. The light is warm. That's where I want to be. And church, that's what we've called to be. That's what we've called to do. Invade darkness. Invade darkness. Let's set our heart on that reality. Don't be beat down because you cannot be overcome or defeated. Why? Because we are in the light. If you're not in the light, man, then then I want to invite you to come to the light. And maybe that's the reality of what Jesus is doing in this moment this morning. Maybe for, for the first time in your life you've heard the gospel. And you're like, I don't know, I don't fully understand it or know, but I just know this, is that there's this light that this crazy guy on the stage keeps talking about, and I want to be a part of the light. If that's the case, I'll be down here. I'd love to talk to you more about what that means. If you need to pray, if you need to ask God to, to remove some things in your life that will, that's preventing you from sharing the light, being the light in this world, then you come, this offer's open, open, but you do whatever God leads you to in this moment to respond to his prompting, to his calling, to his wooing. If it's, if it's to believe and come to faith in the light, then you do that. If it's to repent of sin or if it's to, to find encouragement in the man, this altar is here, but you be obedient. Father, we love you. Jesus, we need you. We ask God that you move in a mighty, mighty way. God, you are the light, and I pray that you shine the brightest this morning in this place, and that you draw lost man to you, and that you encourage hearts that need you. God, what we know is this, is that we can't be overcome if we're in the light. You will not be defeated. I've read the end. You will not be defeated. God, help us be reminded of that this week as we go out. In your name we pray. Amen. You stand. Eric's going to lead us. If you want to pray, you come pray. If you need to uh, take care of business, you do that.